a musical and a mindful perspective can help us to identify these thought patterns, hijack them and rewrite them with more healthy and positive thought patterns. Hi, welcome to the Be Hair podcast, where we talk about how we can live more mindfully by living more musically. My name is Brian Royce, and this is where I share my journey with music and mindfulness. On today's episode, we're talking about criticism and how to navigate this with a more mindful and musical perspective. But before we begin, as is tradition, I'd love if you could just join me by taking two deep breaths. So no need to close your eyes for this one. You can leave them open, but just pause from whatever you're doing and just take a moment to slow down and observe the feeling of air as it enters your nose or your mouth. Um, as well as the feeling of your stomach expanding as you breathe into it. So let's go. I'm glad that you've chosen to be here. I don't know about you, but I really like these moments where I can just pause and take a second to just recenter myself. It helps to put my day on a more mindful course, and I hope it's having the same effect with you. So, like I said, on this episode, we're going to be talking about criticism. And this is going to be a rough episode for me to talk about. Why? <laughs> because self-criticism and criticism in general is one of the biggest personal challenges I face. I criticize myself relentlessly and it's something that I'm working on and it's one of the reasons why I just had to make this episode um, because I feel like there's a lot to say and in as much as I am talking to you as I go through this, I'm really talking to my, myself. But before we jump into that, I'd love to just leave a quick message for all of the real ones, um, the supporters of the podcast who have been listening through season one in its entirety, um, just to make a note of something really quick. Which is that, so sometimes you may, you may have noticed there's some noise in the background when I'm recording. For example, during those breathing moments. And it's been a sore spot with me, but I've decided that I'm going to let it go. <laughs> I'm going to use it to my advantage, actually. I'm going to try and lean into using that background noise and background sound um, during this, the quiet parts of the podcast. Um, as an object of mindfulness, you know, to have you be able to tune into what's actually going on here. Um, paying attention to that, returning to your breath. I've given it a lot of um, thought, considered the risk of sounding unprofessional, but I think right now where I'm at, I value authenticity more. So if you do hear background noises, for example, a dog or a car passing, just use it as an object of mindfulness. Just note that it's there and then come back to paying attention to whatever you're paying attention to, which is hopefully what we're talking about today, criticism. So let's go. The definition of criticism is this. It's the expression of disapproval of someone or something on the basis of a perceived fault or mistake. I read that definition and I zoned in immediately on the word perceived fault or mistake because I think that's where music and mindfulness step in to help us change the story a bit because as is um, implied by the definition, it's all about perception. Now, there is a time and place for criticism, right? And I don't think criticism is necessarily a bad thing, especially in the way that um, I have sort of framed it moving into this episode as something that I'm afraid of. But I don't think it, it is a bad thing at, in its essence. Um, criticism really, I mean, ideally should come from a place that is constructive, that is loving and seeks the betterment of the object of criticism. But unfortunately, it's not always. I mean, we live in a real world and the real world can be savage. 
But the way that I'm seeing it is that there can be two types of criticism, right? Or two ways that criticism can be bad, if you want to phrase it like that. Number one, criticism can be bad if the intention behind it, if the intention behind what I'm about to say is to tear down um, or destroy by highlighting the flaws and the weaknesses or reasons something is not good and to sort of make a qualitative judgment with the intention of destruction, right? That's the most obvious way criticism can be bad. And you'll see this a lot in just like hate comments. The haters are out there, like people just hate. Hate is a part of the world and it really shouldn't be. So if this is, you know, one of the ways that, this is me going on a tangent, but one of the ways I really think that we can improve the world on an individual basis is to identify this within yourself. So hopefully as you become more mindful of your own thoughts, you can identify when you may be the cause of some of this type of, um, you know, malintentioned criticism. And maybe you can do something about that as we're all trying to make this world a bit more livable. But anyway, number two, the second way that criticism can be bad, I think, is that is if constructive criticism is received in a way that makes a negative value judgment or is received as a negative value judgment about the person receiving the criticism. Now, don't get me wrong, this is positive or constructive criticism that is intentioned um, in a good way, but the receiver of the criticism internalizes it in a way that is bad. In addition to that, often I will find myself, you know, receiving criticism of the sort mentioned in number one, which is, you know, criticism with the intention to tear down or destroy, and I, I will actually receive that not from someone else, but from myself. Um, and that is also a really difficult and dangerous place to be when your own mind is constructing these tales and fables of why you are bad and your mind is sort of not on your side. And that's also a really difficult place to be in and hopefully we can talk about some of that too. So one of the things that I hope a musical and a mindful perspective can help us to accomplish is to identify what sort of insecurities or personal narratives or ways we approach thoughts um, are actually interfering with our reception of criticism and our generation of our own criticism to ourselves in a negative way. And a musical, mind, a musical and a mindful perspective can help us to identify these thought patterns, hijack them and rewrite them with more healthy and positive thought patterns. So let's talk about music. The process of appreciating and creating music says something about criticism. As a listener of music, right, you're most likely consuming music that has been somewhat refined. And so you tend to just appreciate music for being nice. You know, this music sounds nice. This song is nice. Your default listening state, what I'm saying, tends to be one of openness, appreciation, acceptance. It is what it is. The song is what it is. And if you like it, you like it. If you hate it, you hate it. And you're sort of in this receiving mode where you are not necessarily judging or criticizing every second of every tune that you hear. It's more so just you kind of go with it and you're like, yeah, this is a vibe. I like this or I don't like this. And that tells us something about the state of mind that we need to be in when we are um, sort of interacting with other people, interacting with the world. Um, you know, you're not always going to be in a critical state of mind. And so if you notice that your mind is sort of in a default mode of self-criticism or criticism of others, maybe ask yourself why that is. And 
is it more fun to sort of switch into a more open um, frame of mind, which allows you to sort of experience life for what it is without trying to assign value judgments to, um, you know, every minor thing. Yes, there is place for positive criticism, but if you're just enjoying the music, why not just enjoy the music for what it is? That's as a listener, as a creator of music as well. One of the lessons that I've had to learn is that in the process of creating music or making something that feels inspired, it's important to keep that sense of openness and curiosity and follow the goosebumps, follow the wonder and the magic and the possibility of the creative process. In the early stages of making something, let's say you laid on a beat, right? You have like a, a beat going, you're, you're feeling it, you found some chords or some chord progressions that just feel nice, you like, you like where this is going and it feels inspired. Something it, it feels like it's coming from an internal place um, where you're being led by something that is not you, but is still coming from inside of you in a sense. Um, it feels like it already exists out there and you're kind of just bringing it into reality. I'm telling you, you know, if you are a songwriter listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're not a songwriter, it is really a magical process when you feel like you just gave birth to a living thing. It's really cool. But in that process of creation, you're met with a choice, a choice to, um, to be an open receptacle for whatever is about to be birthed, or you're faced with a choice to be in a critical state of mind, to analyze what you just put out into the world and say, mm, actually, I hate that, or I don't like that. And what I've learned is that in that creative process, when it's too, in that, you know, in that initial phase of creation, there's no room for criticism at that stage. You sort of just need to be open to letting what comes out, come out, and letting it be what it is, or letting your creation just be here too. You don't want to stifle your creativity with criticism too early on. Self-criticism too early in the process can really hinder the creative process and kill the vibe. You, you, the spark is a very gentle and delicate thing that you really don't want to squash because your ego or your overactive self-critical nature um, is telling this creative spirit, if you want to personify it as that, um, that there's no room for it. You need to leave room for that openness and creativity to, to, to breathe without criticism getting in the way in the early stages. I've learned this lesson the hard way. I do this a lot. I will start writing something or playing something and then I'll feel inspired and then really quickly after that moment of inspiration be like, actually, I hate that. I don't like it. And I'm trying to actively work around this by incorporating some mindfulness into my creative habits. But ask yourself, what would it look like if instead of judging immediately, you gave yourself the room to have it just be okay in the moment and let what is here be here? Yes, as a creator, there is a time when you have to step out of that, you know, creative, connected, inspired flow state and step back to take a more objective look. This is where constructive criticism steps in to make suggestions, you know, cut this, I want to double that vocal, I need to build some more energy here, so maybe we should raise the key a bit. That note was a bit too sharp, maybe I'll re-sing that, or, or this lyric is kind of corny after all, you know? These are valid criticisms to make because the point of criticism is not to be like, yo, this sucks, but it's to say, how can I, how can I actually improve this? Because I really like where this is going and I want to take it closer to being the most excellent version of itself as it can be. 
The thing is, we also learn a lesson in subjectivity and differences in opinion when it comes to taking a musical perspective. Because what I think might sound really good or what I think might be really good to somebody else might be just absolute crap. Um, and vice versa. Sometimes I will think something is really crap, but then I'll put it out into the world and people will listen to it and engage and be like, yo, this really spoke to me. And I've learned that it's really not about these hard and fast, really critical interpretations of the art we make, but just to sort of let it be what it is. Um, and maybe have someone else take a different perspective on good or bad. Because at the end of the day, if music is indeed subjective and relative, then what is good to one person might be bad to another and vice versa. And that's okay. Maybe as the creative, it's not your job to hyper edit or be too critical that your art doesn't actually reach the world. Maybe it's not your job to critique your own work. Maybe your job as the artist is to create the work and let it breathe and exist and speak for itself. What I'm saying is maybe don't take your self-criticism too seriously because at the end of the day, the purpose of it is to be enjoyed and to have fun and to bring pleasure and to represent experience. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Now, let's take a mindfulness approach. Again, if you are new to the idea of mindfulness, it is simply the practice of observing something very closely. And in practice, it would be your breath or some other mindful object of meditation and observing where your mind goes naturally after you've kept it focused for a prolonged period of time. Just noticing where your mind is and the act of bringing it back to that object of meditation or to your breath is the essence of mindfulness as I'm defining it here. Now, how does criticism come up with meditating? When I'm in my mindfulness practice or when I'm meditating, it's easy for me to criticize myself for not being a good meditator. It's like, oh crap, you got distracted again. You're not being able to focus. You're, you're so distracted um, and your thoughts compiling in on top of yourself to say why you are not good at this or why this is not working for you. And, you know, you're so distracted. Your mind is all over the place. Or worse, sometimes I'll criticize myself for having certain feelings come up during meditation. Either I'm like, now is not the time, feelings. Or I'll criticize myself for even having negative feelings. And in the moment... This criticism is automatic, but stepping back and talking about it now, I'm like, Brian, that's kind of dumb. Why are you criticizing yourself for having feelings when you are a human? Um, you know, it's, I'm quick to criticize myself for having certain emotional responses in the past or thinking back on past actions with this cringy sense of, oh God, and then I'm judging and criticizing myself like, why did you do that? Or why didn't you do this instead? What do you do when this happens? Because it happens to me, and I'm sure if you are practicing meditation, it's gonna happen to you. Well, what I do, or what I try to do, is to acknowledge those feelings and acknowledge those thoughts as they come up and simply just return to my breath. It sounds so simple, but this is the heart of the mindfulness practice, right? Noticing that your thoughts are not you, they're just thoughts, they're just clouds crossing the sky. Or an, or an analogy I like or metaphor I like is they're just soap bubbles that are created. They fly for a little bit and then they land and pop and that's it. They don't actually do anything or have gravity of their own unless acted upon, unless you fixate on a thought or a bubble or a cloud and recreate it over and over and over and actually act on it. That's only when it has power. But in the moment, 
you notice those self-critical thoughts or critical, externally critical thoughts as thoughts. Because in fact, the act of criticism itself is just another thought to be noticed and let go of. This time and space of meditation and mindfulness practice is not a time for criticism or analysis of self. You're not psychoanalyzing yourself. It's just a space for sharpening the quality of your attention. And in the process, you will notice that your mind goes to self-critical thoughts. And when that happens, you can label them as well, you know, criticism or self-criticism. And that act of labeling for me has been very effective because it puts um, some distance and helps me to identify what's going on and more easily let go of or more easily part with that thought and just leave it as a thought. You can just leave it on the shelf. The lesson we take from mindfulness is that yes, there is a time and emotional space for constructive criticism of self and for others, but meditation is not that time. Meditation prepares you to handle that time with the emotional distance and readiness um, to receive these um, quote-unquote objective or emotionally neutral comments about something that you've done or something that you've expressed. Right? In the same way that in your practice, your meditation practice, you have gotten into the routine of objectively just noting a thought and returning to your breath without attaching your sense of identity to the thought or hanging your sense of self-worth on that, that one thought, you can bring that practice into real life. Just note the criticism or receive that criticism with that same sense of objective um, observer neutrality um, and just let it let it be there without attaching your sense of identity or self-worth to what someone else might be saying to you. Receive it for what it is. Take an objective look at it. Observe it. You can question it. Turn it over on its side and be like, hmm, does this actually hold water? Can I see any justification or evidence for this? Or is it just a negative sentiment meant to bring me down, right? Because some criticisms actually have no value to them. And some people criticize just for the sake of being mean when there's actually no data to support what they're, what they're actually trying to say. So taking this distance allows you to be like, well, no, that not, maybe that's not true. <laughs> um, or if it is true, to say that, that is, while that is true about the thing that you've, you've stated, it is not a value judgment on me, or it doesn't define me in a negative way. It's simply a comment on something that I've done or something that I have expressed. Maybe they are trying to attack you personally, but again, have some distance and have some like have some mindfully informed distance to keep that comment outside of your own personal space. That has been a huge part of my own um, maturity, I'd say, and most people's is being able to draw some boundaries between what other people think and what you think. Not everything that you hear, you have to identify with. And in the same way, not everything you think you have to identify with. So use this mindful perspective that you gain from your practice to bring, you know, bring that into the real world to allow some labeling and, and neutral observation of the criticism that you hear. And look, it is not easy. It's much easier said than done because when you're in the moment of self-criticism, it feels so real and final and heavy and harsh um, and it feels true, especially if you are the one generating these critical thoughts of yourself. It feels like, well, you're not, you're not lying to yourself because after all, you have the same perspective as yourself, right? And so it feels like it can be final. 
But one of the hard lessons that I've had to internalize is that not all thoughts created by you actually represent you. I'll say that again. Not all thoughts that you create actually represent you or actually are true for you. Your thoughts aren't true. <laughs> if you need to hear it again, your thoughts are just thoughts. So let them be, let them come, acknowledge them, and then let, let them go. How do you switch this to become useful criticism, right? The way that I would express useful criticism is informed by these four tenets of what I think make for a, a valuable human being. These are actually um, my four core values. I'm just going to spell them out. I know it sounds really corny to have core values, but I do. And this is what they are. So, and they, they tie very closely into not just, you know, criticism and self-criticism, but really how you live um, any aspect of your life. They inform um, really every aspect of your life. So useful criticism, I think, comes from a place of, firstly, intention. What are your intentions? Are they good intentions? Are they malicious intentions? After you've taken a moment to be quiet and listen closely. So having listened, what are your intentions? That's one. Number two is honesty. Useful criticism comes from a place of honesty. You want to be direct. You're not beating around the bush. You're simply observing something and presenting your observation with that sense of, of neutrality. Um, and you're simply making an honest um, claim of your perception. That's all we can ask of anyone, to be honest. Number three, useful criticism comes from a place of empathy. You want to be considerate of the recipient. You know, the tone that you deliver your criticism says a lot. Are you gentle? Are you being delicate? Um, those things are very valuable in my opinion because it's one thing to be honest, but it's another thing to be, you know, empathetically honest, knowing how what you're about to say is going to be received by the other person. This speaks some more to that other type of criticism being bad that I mentioned earlier, which is, you know, constructive criticism that lands in an unconstructive way. And empathy helps you to be informed about how am I going to deliver what I have to say in the most um, gentle and considerate way possible so that my constructive criticism is actually heard as constructive criticism and not as me trying to bring you down, right? This is where this empathy key is very important in making sure that your intention and your honesty is actually communicated effectively. And the fourth value, which is what I consider one of my core values, and also um, one of the four things that informs what is useful criticism, is excellence. In order to helpfully criticize someone, yourself, something, it comes from a place of wanting to bring that thing or that person closer to excellence. So you string all of these four things together, intention, honesty, empathy, and excellence, you string them together and what you have is a formula for a successful way of communicating something to build somebody up instead of communicating something to bring somebody down. You can use these in your own self-talk. How are you intentional with your time? Do you practice meditation? Do you create some time and space to be intentional and to be here? In that space, are you honest in, in acknowledging the thoughts and emotions that come up? Or do you actively run away from or repress what is there to be said? Again, honesty is a very important piece of this. Number three, are you handling yourself and others with empathy? Can you put yourself in the other person's shoes and feel what it feels like to be them? Or feels what it feels like 
to receive this coming from someone else or even coming from yourself? And fourthly, are, is this coming from a place of excellence, wanting them to level up and be the best version of themselves? Do you make time to be the most excellent version of yourself by being intentional, by being honest, by being empathetic and pushing yourself to just improve? That is really at the heart of not just this podcast, um, but even the way I live my own life. And I think, that, again, that we'd have a more productive world if everyone were a little bit more intentional, honest, empathetic and excellent in order to, you know, build a world that we all want to live in. And it, it starts with each individual Lego piece. That's how I, how I think about it. So to summarize what we've said in this episode, as it relates to, to criticism, I would say it's all, about it's all about using music and mindfulness to, you know, replace our patterns of negative self-talk with more healthy habits of um, openness and... Um, habits that are informed by these four core values of intention, honesty, empathy, and excellence. Mindfulness teaches you to catch your negative self-talk, identify it as just a passing thought, and not to put your entire sense of self-worth onto just that one thought, and to create some distance between you and these criticisms. Music teaches you to adopt a more open mind, to listen more closely to what's going on, before ripping something to shreds or ripping yourself or someone else to shreds, there may be value in it after all that you fail to identify um, if you're too quick to judgment or criticism simply because your perspective is limited. As a matter of fact, your perspective is not final at all. Music shows us there are so many different dimensions to what someone might consider good or enjoyable or worthwhile. And maybe consider somebody else's perspective for once. Take a page out of that empathy, um, that empathy point and consider that somebody else might really feel a way, a positive way about this. So that's it for today's episode. I really just wanted to come again with another short and sweet compilation of a few thoughts around a topic that is very difficult for me and one that is really closely informed by this music, this musical and mindful perspective. I hope that something in this episode landed and connected and brought value to you. If you liked this episode, please do remember to like and follow the podcast um, on any platform you get your podcasts at and share it with one friend that you think would also find this type of conversation valuable or someone that you want to hear one of these things. The song of the week for this week is a song called Floating by Ravina featuring Hope Tala. It's just such a gentle, pleasing, soothing um, song, and I like it a lot. I like the sonic landscape that it creates, and the vocalist is also really um, gentle and beautiful sounding. Um, maybe it's something that I like, but somebody else might hate. But hey, if music is relative, go check it out for yourself, and you decide. Please remember to connect with me on the socials. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, YouTube, um, TikTok, The Works. Uh, my name is Brian Royce, that's Brian with a Y. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts and your comments on the podcast, on the music that I'm releasing, um, and to really just make some genuine connections and build community with people who are like-minded and think about these stuff as well. So as you move through today, remember to pay attention to where your thoughts go. Simply note them and come back. As always, make it good, make it groovy, and catch you next time 
on the Be Hair Podcast. Thank you.